You're listening to Legion, the podcast about the devil and all his works. From obsessions to possessions, from hexes to hauntings, if it's demonic, I'm on it. I'm Susan Vigilante. Welcome to the podcast. Hello again, everybody. Um, Sorry I've been absent for a while. I had some technical problems. Specifically, my microphone broke. (laughs) So I have been rooting around trying to find a new one. I finally dug one up out of my garage of all places. And I'm just hoping it works out for this podcast. So far, it seems to be okay. But with technology, frankly, I never know. Today, I'm going to talk about the TV series called Little Demon. Did anybody catch Little Demon? It was on, I think, Thursdays on FXX at 10 o'clock Eastern Time. Little Demon was an animated sitcom about the devil's daughter. The story basically is a woman has sex with Satan, and she gets pregnant. And Satan wants custody of the child because he knows that his child is supposed to be the Antichrist. And he feels that he has to raise her up to teach her how to be the Antichrist. But the mother doesn't want to go along with this. So the mother flees and she and her daughter, whom she names Chrissy, spend the next 13 years moving from place to place to place, trying to hide from Satan, who's always on the lookout for the child. Then one day, the very day she has started at yet another new school, Chrissy gets her first period. This happens in a kind of unattractive... No, sorry. Sorry, I take that back. This happens in a quite unattractive scene. She's in a bathroom at school, and a couple of simian big boy bullies have followed her in, and when they notice she's bleeding, they start filming her with their iPhones with the intention of putting it all over the internet. However, at that very moment that she hits puberty, Chrissy gets her superpowers. Her eyes turn black, and she starts... basically making the whole place explode. Nobody can stop her now. Now she is the Antichrist and nobody's going to touch her. Okay, so that's the premise. Little Demon's problems all began when a few weeks earlier it aired an ad. FX aired a commercial for the new series, but they aired it during the LSU Florida State game, which, you know, it wasn't that late. It was maybe eight. This is, anyway, a, 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 a congressman in Louisiana saw it and he was watching the football game with his kids and he was appalled. Here's what he said. I couldn't get to the remote fast enough to shield my 11-year-old daughter from the preview. And I wonder how many other children were exposed to it and how many millions more will tune into the new series, which is owned and marketed by Disney. Okay, now get this. Disney said in return, well, this series is actually for adults, and it'll be on at 10 o'clock at night, and your children shouldn't be awake watching television at 10 o'clock at night. I don't know about you, but whenever I need advice on raising children, I turn to the Disney network. Those guys are never wrong. That's its start. Then parents groups hear about this, and they're horrified too. So they start getting active. They mobilized, and within a few weeks, some major advertisers had pulled their ads from the series. T-Mobile was one of them. Burger King was another one. 
It's hard to put pressure on a series like this. This series had major star power behind it. It had, uh, let's see, Danny DeVito was the voice of the devil. His daughter, Lucy DeVito, was the voice of the daughter, Chrissy. The series was produced by a man named Dan Harmon, who had created Community. Guest stars were people like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and DeVito's wife, Rhea Perlman. I mean, a lot of money went into this and a lot of star power was behind it. Nevertheless, these advertisers pulled out. Now, I was going to do a podcast about this series, but I watched the first episode. And to be honest with you, you know, okay, there's a lot I don't get about tastes in television. I think gross stuff is just gross. I don't think it's cool or anything. I think it's just gross. I think foul language is just foul. It's not cool or anything. It's just foul. And I think misogyny is disgusting. And there was, there's just so much misogyny in all this stuff. Personally, I think anybody who makes up jokes, all right, let me put it this way. The fact this girl gets her period and it's turned into this scene where these guys are laughing at her. I'm not exactly sure who wrote the first episode. But my feeling is, you know, there's a machine that can mimic that if attached to somebody's abdomen, it can actually cause the body to mimic the feelings of childbirth. If you go online, you can see videos of guys saying, oh, yeah, I can take this. And then someone puts these electrodes on him and suddenly he's screaming for mercy. Well, there's a machine like that for menstrual pain, too. My personal feeling is any man Any writer can write all the jokes he wants about menstruation if he submits to that machine first. When he's past that, we'll see what he has to say. But that's just me. Well, I wasn't going to, like I said, I wasn't going to go into any, I wasn't going to podcast about this. Especially after I read the reviews, the television critics' reviews of the first episode. Let me see if I can find some of those reviews here. Uh, here, where are we? Let's see, the uh, variety. Quote, the biggest selling point of the series is its potential. The Hollywood Reporter, Little Demon has everything it needs to be a winner. It just has to find its own path. RogerEbert.com Little Demon struggles to fulfill its potential, but there's so much potential in this show. Is anybody getting the same feeling I am? I have moved around a lot in my life. I've done a lot of house hunting. And if there's one thing I know, it's watch out for the word potential. If a realtor tells you, I'd like to show you a house that has great potential. If I were you, I would run like a mad thief. Because I have learned that what potential means in plain English is this house is a total wreck. But if you drive a dump truck full of money up to it and pour it all into this hole, you might be able to turn it into something livable, maybe even pleasant. But it's going to take at least that dump truck. In fact, don't look at it unless you've won the lottery lately. That is what potential means. It means something is a mess and needs tons and tons of work. In pretty short order, it became clear that FX, owned by Disney, had a major disaster on its hands. Now, people in the film world or the television world tend not to jump into things blindly. They tend to do a lot of research. They tend to make sure everything is in place. 
They don't want to throw money down a hole. So I asked myself, how could this have happened? I mean, this, how could this have happened to somebody like Disney who supposedly knows exactly what they're doing at all times? So I decided to look into the producers of the show. There's a bunch of executive producers on every TV show. In this case, it was mostly the actors. Danny DeVito is one. Uh, his daughter, Lucy, is one. The woman who voices Chrissy's mother is one. And then I looked up the other producers. Well, it turned out that the producer of the show, the, the one who actually counted, the boss, is a man named Dan Harmon. Dan Harmon has some good work to his credit. He created the series Community, for example. He worked a lot on a TV show, another animated show called Big Mouth. Uh, you know, another ugly, ugly animation. People are ugly, lots of swearing, lots of vulgarity, but, the, you know, people, kids watch it, I guess. But then there was a little bit more. In 2018, when Mr. Harmon was at a comic con, it came out that in 2009, he had produced a short clip for a series called Daryl. He produced the first episode of Daryl. And Daryl was very short. We're talking five to 10 minutes on some independent station. Well, in this episode, he, Mr. Harmon rubs his genitalia on a baby doll and presumably fantasizes about doing the same thing to a real life baby. He made that in 2009. In 2018, when it came out at Comic-Con, he was very embarrassed. Now, let me tell you something else. It takes a lot to embarrass anybody at Comic-Con. I mean, these are the people who go around dressed in all kinds of outrageous costumes. You can't embarrass these people too easily. But at least Mr. Harmon had the grace to say, I, I really feel bad about that. It was at a different time in my life. On the other hand, you know, you think, huh, why would a guy who made a film about raping babies want to work on a series about Satan? I mean, what could possibly be the connection there? Hmm. Well, I sure would not have seen that coming if I were the people who made the decisions at Disney. Nuh-uh. Anyway, uh, my prediction was correct. The show was canceled. Its eighth episode was its last episode. And you won't find it on Thursday evenings at 10 Eastern time anymore. I really wish I knew how much money was lost making this appalling thing. I mean, Danny DeVito actually said in an interview, you know what, from our series, you're going to find out that Satan is really a nice guy. Danny, he's not a nice guy. Newsflash. In general, I think it's not such a great idea to try to do a TV comedy series based on the devil. Or even worse, a variety show. Back in the 70s, Italian TV had a show called Strix. It was a variety show, and it was supposedly hosted by the devil. It opened with this huge fanfare. It's 1978. You know, you come home. You just fought your way through the appalling traffic in Rome. You want to relax. You plop down on your couch, and you think, I want to watch something cool. I need a glass of wine. I'm going to chill out. And you turn on your TV, and there's this thing in your face saying, ladies and gentlemen, the devil. It was a musical variety show, and it was set in, it was set in this kind of disco version of hell. I mean, a disco hell. If you don't like disco, imagine what a disco hell is like. And there's, you know, 
fog rolling across the stage from God knows how many pounds of dry ice. And there's this kind of parade of the uh, performers who are, going to, who are going to entertain you that evening. I watched as much as I could find online of an episode of Strix. It started with classic 70s disco music. Think the theme from The Love Boat. A dance number featured men wearing red tights with masks and, and long black tails, of course. you got to have tails. The guys in the tights take turns groping these mostly naked women. And a dozen or so actors who are dressed up like harlequins writhe for the cameras as the fog flows over the stage. It's not all dance numbers, no. There are some singers, some, some regular singers. They have names like Sexy Strix, Subliminal Strix, Stereo Strix. Uh, are you getting that Spice Girls feeling? And they sing for the cameras while more, you know, guys in tights and with goblin masks ogle them. One chanteuse, dressed in black sequins, sings while she's tied to a stake and fake flames seem to flicker at her feet. For the most part, Strix was not easy on the eyes. It's a little tough to watch, actually. The colors are horrible. The special effects are, you know, it's 1978. They don't have special effects, really. And there are just so many times a guy in a Harlequin suit, wagging his tail lasciviously at the camera, can hold your interest. I mean, it it does start to get a little dull after a while. Strix was the brainchild of Enzo Trapani. He was a TV producer who claimed that the idea for the show came to him late one night when he got a strange phone call. A man was calling to complain that there wasn't a single show on national TV about him. So Mr. Trapani said, "Uh, well, who are you? And the voice said, I am the devil. That's one of Trapani's version about how he got the idea. The other one involved... uh, him eating salami and figs and having the idea after that. Now, you might say this is harmless, silly fun. But since the late 70s, Italy has become kind of a world leader in exorcisms. Experts estimate that the number of exorcisms that have taken place in Italy in recent years is in the hundreds of thousands. There's a research institute in Italy that says there are over 650 satanic organizations there, and most of them are kids. I think the basic problem is the people in Hollywood lack respect for the devil, by which I mean they don't believe he exists, and if they think he might exist, well, he can't do anything to them. They're too powerful. Well, uh, good luck with that, I guess. There was one appealing thing about Little Demon. It was kind of a family business thing. Danny DeVito was the star His daughter Lucy also starred as the voice of the little demon herself. His son Jake, who's another television professional, also worked on the series. And his wife Rhea Perlman guest starred as another voice actor. That's nice. You like to see families pulling together. I just hope that next time Team DeVito gets together, they, they give us something a little more, let's say, palatable. A little less demonic. My sources for today's podcast include the FX and Disney channels, RogerEbert.com, Variety.com, HollywoodReporter.com, NOLA.com, Everlovin' Wikipedia, and RAI Television. Thanks for listening to this episode of Legion, the podcast about the devil and all his works. I hope you'll join me again next time. 
I'm Susan Vigilante, and remember, the devil's first trick is to convince you he doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs>